The date is March 27th, 2023. This is the show at the lot. We are recovering from a three-day blitz of fantasy baseball drafts. Cal, how are you feeling? It's like the best week of the year. It's better than Christmas, Super Bowl combined. This is what I live for. It was awesome. I It was an absolute rush to the point where I almost forgot Friday happened. But looking at my team, I definitely remember Friday happened. And I'm jacked about it. And I can't wait to talk about this entire draft because there was a lot of a lot of interesting picks that were taken. I can't wait to talk about. Friday did happen. It seemed like it was forever ago. Yeah. This was a long weekend, but um, it was a fast draft. Um, I don't know if it was the fastest, but um, you got to combine the entire three days. Not everybody, but there is somebody that is involved in all three days. You're one of them. Um Probably about a half a dozen of the Sandlot that are involved with three days. So it's an intense weekend, but we are waking up from the coma for sure. With that, we're going to cover the Sandlot draft. The uh, 27th? No, 28th, isn't it? I don't know. It's your league. I don't know. It is the 28th. <laughs> okay. 28th annual draft. I had to check. <laughs> I have numbers flying everywhere. So, no, the 28th annual draft held. On Friday night, um, 64 picks were selected. Went pretty smooth. No glitches, really. Um, even the people that weren't there live were ready to throw it out there. So kudos to the ones that were not able to. Um, it's just crazy that we are spread out throughout the United States in six states. Or as one said, seven if you count the state of confusion. But that does count. So... Um, some weird numbers that I was pulling before we um, got ready for the weekend. Um, I was shocked to see of the 64 draft picks, there were an even amount of numbers of major leaguers versus minor leaguers. It was 33 to 31 in favor to the minor leagues. What do you think about that? Uh, well, there was a lot of talent available for, as far as MLB was concerned. There wasn't a lot of reason to get these, some of these prospects. It was um, it was a very deep pool, but if you didn't feel like you know wading into that pool, there was plenty plenty of room to go just grab a guy um, that actually has experience. The fact that Chris Bryant was available is kind of crazy. I even I even thought about it for a hot second, just like should I do it? Should I commit to that? Um, but I decided against it. I just feel like I'm getting him at the downturn. But anyone that gets Chris Bryant should be pretty happy because that's a lot of homers that can be in Colorado for you know a few years. Um, if he actually is still the Chris Bryant that we know and not what we saw last year as he got hurt. Um, but no, outside of Bryant, there is there was a lot of um, a lot of talent that was still out there that you can get every day at bats immediately. So I'm I don't blame any of the teams that just went ahead and just went with a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, and there was no, there were, none of the rounds really ran away with, you know, a plethora of any type. And the second round did have 10 minor leaguers uh, out of the 16 picks, but that was the only one that really stuck out. Everything else was balanced, shifted by one or two in each round. So 
Never looked at a draft that way until this weekend. I thought that was interesting. Um, the weird part was uh, by position, the number one off the board was a third baseman, and the next one wasn't even thought of until the 38th pick. So there was a huge gap for that one. Yeah, and, um, and another thing was having a reliever go before a starter ever did. I'm pretty sure that's maybe never happened. I don't know. Uh, um, I'd have to look. Yeah, that's a good take. Um, that reliever did go earlier than I expected, but the reliever that was taken, we'll talk about, um, it was justified, I guess it's a word, uh, if you're going to do it. but he, I mean, he's really good, but I would not put a first down on him. I, it's hard. I mean, it's. I guess it's not. If he is who I think he is, end of the year it won't matter because he'll probably get more points than if he just took like a risk with a prospect. So well, we're, we're, I, I want to comment, but this is gonna kind of mess up with our takes later. Sure. Yes, it was a first round pick, but it was a team that had five first rounders in that. So technically, oh, yeah. it would have been his second or third round in in most cases. So. Mm-hmm. Um, in the eyes of most, yeah, it was like, whoa, it's a first rounder, but not when he's the fifth pick after 12 picks. So mm-hmm. um, that's where it made sense in my eyes once the dust settled, because at first it was like, woo. But yeah, we're saying all this like it's all secret who did what, but yeah, <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll definitely get into that. Uh, a few more little nuggets. Um, what, what, what did I see here? Um, first base. Uh, last one, I mean, they went fast. There was four total, and the last one was taken with the 20th pick. That was it. No more first baseman. I thought that was kind of weird. Um, and that one with Spencer Steer. Um, let's start dropping names. We're going to do that. So. Sure, why not? But all Wait. four were done in, four in 20 picks. Yeah, uh, I was a bit surprised the order the first basemans went in. Um, Mervis going at the number four pick is understandable i think it's awfully high but it's understandable because he should be somebody that should have made the opening day roster i don't know what the cubs are really dragging their feet on because before the season started it looked like he had a clear path and then they go out and they go get hosmer as it just made no sense it's like what are you guys doing like you you're not going to compete this year what why are the cubs going out and signing first baseman when they have you know one of their top prospects that can just get slotted in so um I think Mervis will be fine when he gets up to the bigs. There'll be an adjustment period, of course, but he probably will be on the fastest track to playing time of the prospects because I think Steer's already on the active roster. Um, but it's it's a good pick at, at, at in general, but at four, I don't know with how many guys were available at the time. Um, then we go next to Melendez, which to me was jaw dropping at, at in the first round. Um, I I, lo- I loved Melendez in Texas. Um, he and let's give let's let's pause for a second. Uh, Matt Mervis went the fourth pick with the tribe. Yeah. Um, and then Melendez went with eleven pick to one of many in Black Sox. Their fourth pick of the first, um, but their number eleventh pick overall. Yeah. Thanks for the, the context that I definitely like to give. Um, but. I just on going off uh, some prospect lists, um, which you can make of them what you will. But well, the one that I usually use, which is Prospect Live, um, it's basically an aggregation of a bunch of different writers. 
they listed Mervis as the 78th prospect out of 500. And then Melendez, who went at pick 11 in the first round, was listed at 238. Wow. The 238th prospect going at the 11th pick. Um, jarring a little bit when, when, you, when you rank him and sort him. Um, it's it's a, it's a definitely a large number to see. However, I will I will give a caveat. Melendez is a college bat, and he is the college bat. He's a Golden Spikes winner, dude. I believe set the record for most home runs in the season at the D one level. Um, well, that's probably not true. I think it was by as a fresh. No, I don't, I probably just pulled that out of my butt. But cause I think Berkman still holds that record. But anyways, moving on from that, he still hit like you know mid thirties in home runs last year. Drove in 100 runs. Just absurd numbers that he's producing at the college level. Um, and he should be in a system like the Diamondbacks on the fast track to playing time. However, my beef with Melendez is that he does one thing, and he does one thing very well, and that's mash the ball hard. Now, I do worry about him at advanced pitching. What happens once he hits double A, triple A? Does that swing? that I wasn't too keen on to begin with actually translate to advanced pitching where he's, you know, he's facing dudes that are pumping a hundred and, you know, take nine off on, on the, on the off speed and he might start looking silly, but it, it, it was a, a reach, but it might not end up being a reach in five years. So maybe we can. I think he's one of the players that, um, Nobody's gonna care where you got them, but you got them. Right, right. And that's where, like, uh, that's what I was like, make of it what you will in the rankings, because you know we've we go, you and I go back all the time looking at drafts and right. see like, wow, I can't believe that you know he got him there. Right. Melendez could be the best in the draft. I don't know, but that pop nope. is serious. It's something to brag about. That dude can mash balls like like nothing. I mean, sends them just out the park. So. Uh, I like the potential there. I just don't know if he'll capitalize on it. If he has the ability to capitalize on that. Refresh my memory. I cannot think for the life of me. He's got one of the coolest nicknames. What uh, is it? Hispanic Titan. There we go. I mean, that you. alone is first round level nickname. So the Hispanic, No, the Hispanic Titanic. That's what it was. Oh, no. I got it wrong. That's way better than what I just said. Yeah. yeah that's what that flows was. better off the tongue. And I think with your lists that you have from Prospect Alive, I bet this one flips it totally around. Uh, the next one was Kylo uh, Manzardo mm-hmm. going going to the Moonlight Grands at pick number 15. Um, where was he in the Prospect Live rankings? He was 11th, which actually... Overall? Yeah, he was 11th overall, all the prospects. Wow. So you go from, you know, at the 11th pick, Melendez is the 238th prospect, and then at the 15th pick, Manzardo is the 11th prospect in all of baseball going to the Grants. Um, it's a major discrepancy there. I personally, if I had to pick a first base prospect in the whole class, it's definitely Mansardo. Um, I feel like he has he has a solid hit tool, and he has tons of pop. Um, he's kind of on the lighter side of being a first baseman, where Melendez is, you know, the Hispanic Titanic. He's a freaking beefy dude. Uh, so Manzardo projects nicely. I think he can. He's shown that he can hit well at advanced levels, and um, the only issue is that he's a ray. And I, I never know 
what their game plan is with any of their prospects ever. I think Wander Franco was the only one who was safe from the Rays' curse of just what are we doing with him? You know, yeah. So yeah, they might take a while to take him along. I wouldn't be surprised if if you know Manzardo isn't up till next year, even though I think he should be up, you know, at by at least by June. But yeah, I, I think they'll probably wait on him for a year. There's a lot to chew on here in the first round. That was uh, kind of not in our radar of topic, but we did talk about first basements. Um, we did touch a little bit on that mysterious reliever. Uh, Black Sox took number 12 pick, Yohan uh, Duran, uh, closer for the Twinkies. Um, go ahead and elaborate what you were talking about earlier. The only reliever go- gone, uh, in fact, none in the second round either. So we didn't even touch that until the third round. And technically, it's it's a spark with uh, Kikuchi. So in the first three rounds, not a single reliever until the fourth. So Sure. If, if you want to get real technical, I believe Brown qualifies as a reliever right now too. So technically there was no starters taking the first because Brown was supposed to start the year in the, in the bullpen after his injury. Um, but Duran, I love Duran. I have him in two out of my five leagues. I he is he, he should be the closer. He will be the closer, and he's going to dominate as the closer. Um, just watching him pitch, he's got electric stuff. He could be a t- probably a top five closer by the end of the year. Um, if Diaz is not even going to be a factor, he could even launch himself into number one. But the problem is he's on the Twins, so it's it's like how what's his what's his ceiling? Honestly, um, that's not really a knock on him per se. It's just a it's just a knock on a situation that he's been given. Um, mm-hmm. If you're gonna take a dude in the first round who's available, it has to be Duran. They totally yeah they toyed with him being a starter last year, but he was just so dominant in relief that I think that they just said okay screw it we're not going back. You're gonna be our closer. You're gonna be the guy, and he's settling in nicely to it. Again, I disagree with him going at one. I think if I think if Dodge had just been a little more patient with them, he could have gotten them. Then again, when's his next pick, though? I mean, could would he really well, have? And I was actually going to bring that up, um, and I feel like I'm defending uh, John here. Yeah, all night here. yeah, three forty, um, like, like the yeah, that forty uh, pick. Yeah, fortieth pick. So then, yeah, maybe that was the move. Just like, hey, I don't have another pick for a while. This is my guy. I got <laughs> okay. I got to right. get him. Here's a light bulb here. Uh, but I would said even that. just trade back. I, I mean, uh, that's a possibility. But I literally just said um, the next reliever didn't go until the third round, and it was at 39. Kikuchi is technically the next <laughs> yeah, reliever. Yeah. So boom, that's a bold move and it paid off. <laughs> right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. That's I, 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 I see that. Yeah, it, you could definitely have probably moved back a little bit, but you're still risking it. And when you have five oh. first round picks, why risk it? I mean, you have you have them in your hands. Just take them. So, yep. Yep. and if we want, we can touch on the Black Sox five first round picks real quick. We'll just knock them out here. Um, well, let, yeah, let's yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, we got a lot to cover, guys. So I know be all the space, it, but it's going to be probably a three hour pod. I have no idea at this rate, but I we're list- all part of the draft. You know yeah, what's going on? Exactly. It's going to be longer than the draft, probably this pod. Um. His five picks were Oscar Colas at pick seven, and then he goes on a run or four picks in a row. So he had picks nine through twelve in a row. Yeah, yeah, they're on a row from what I have here. Anyways, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he got yeah. 
at nine, he got Andy Rodriguez, Pirates catcher. He got uh, Ezekiel Tovar, shortstop for the Rockies, uh, Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez, uh, D-backs for baseman, and then finished off his his first round with Johan Duran, um, Twins closer, essentially. Uh, we'll go in order here. Colas, I think, is another one he could have possibly waited on, but the thing about him is while I don't think he's the most sexy prospect, he is immediately going to get playing time and the White Sox do have him as a priority as just you're going to be a staple of our outfield for this year. Um, he is the 106th ranked prospect on the list here. I don't think that matters that much because it's pretty hard to get a prospect that's you know been given priority day one like Colas is. So um, whether or not it's going to pay off for him, I don't know. But if you're going to take a guy, it's you know what, he might hit more than these other dudes in this round because at least he's playing baseball immediately. So mm-hmm. uh, next on the list is Andy Rodriguez. If I did not have Adley Rutschman, I would probably be all over him. I, I think he will be a cheat code at catcher. I feel like he is so good, it might just be him and Adley just duking it out every year, you know, who's going to be the best hitting catcher. Um now, I still don't know if he stays a catcher, and that's pretty much he said with every catcher nowadays. There's some that just are you know, defensive monsters, like a Drew, a Drew Romo or somebody. Um, but Andy might be such a, an asset with the bat that he might have to move just because he's just too good to keep on the plate. So um, love that pick at nine. I think he'll love it too. I think Dodge will definitely like that moving forward. And then Tovar, not much you can't like about this pick. Um, he's playing right away. He's going to be the starting shortstop in Colorado. They have nobody else in that team. Um, he's a 20th ranked prospect here. I think he should be higher. I think a, a lot of lists do have him higher. I well, I'm gonna. This may be um good or bad for mm-hmm. John Dodd. Yeah. Um, I had Tovar way higher. Yep. Um, I was seriously considering when I recently had the one-two punch, I was going to go Tovar at the number two pick. So that's how how high I had him. So whether that's good or bad, um, that's where I have And He's my best value pick of the round. We're going to go by per round, but that's my, my, my green star, if you will. Tovar is the best pick of the round, in my opinion. Granted, there's a lot of great players in this round, but the one that stuck out to me was Tovar. So. If and you, I even told Todd personally, I said, if he got past you, I was sitting at 14, boom. I would have been ecstatic, but I'm okay with where I went too. But um, good. I think that was a great pick, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And then he immediately follows up with Ivan Melendez, which, you know, again, we discussed that ad nauseum, so we can skip that one. And then finishes off with Durant, so, who we've already talked about. So that, that's Dodge's is a Black Sox that's his five picks in the first round. He dominated this round. Um, we'll we'll see how... Fact. Go ahead. Fun fact. You just said five picks. That was actually history in the making right there. Whoa. There was never a team or never a draft in any of our 28 round, uh, years that a team drafted five in one particular round. That includes even your year when you had nine total draft picks. <laughs> the most, most you had was three. That was... In- <laughs> 2018, I think it was. Most you had was three in a round. So you said 18? never. Yeah, 2018, you had 
nine total. We don't talk about that year. And uh, I thought, wow, that is a ton of draft picks for one round. I had to look it up, and sure enough, it's a record. So mm-hmm. we had history that night right there. Yeah. Uh, and then going, so we're staying in the first round here for a little bit just because uh, we did have an owner who had three picks in this round. That's Johnny's Tribe. Um, yeah, every other pick. Yep. Yeah, he started it off with Matt Mervis, which was, again, I think a bit of a reach. Um, and then gets gifted at number six, uh, Ellie De La Cruz. And the reason why I say gifted is because I was stressing out about do I take James Wood or Ellie De La Cruz. I feel like Wood will be the number one prospect next year, so that's why I took him. But Ellie probably won't even be a prospect next year because he should be in the show making an impact with his bat. Now, if I had to put a knock on Ellie, it's that he had a high BABIP last year and he had a high K rate, which, you know, not great when you can when you put them together. It, to me, it, it spells regression. But when you hit the, as well as he does, I don't think it matters that much. You know, you could even put him in the same class as Cheerio. Cheerio struck out a ton at lower levels. But when you hit as well as that as, as these guys do, They'll figure it out. So Ellie being the fourth ranked prospect on our list here and going at sixth, that's that's a heck of a steal. So good job, Johnny, on, on scooping him up. And then he finishes off his first round with the eighth pick and grabs Connor Norby. Um, we have him ranked at 68 here, which, again, shows as a reach. I don't know Norby's path to uh, to the show, it, no one's really blocking him. I just don't know what their timeline is with him. I don't know if he'll be up this year or next year. I feel like someone like Norby should be up pronto. Um, it won't be. It will not be this year. Yeah, exactly. Because because yeah, the Orioles also. You know, I don't think they rush guys that much either. Like they they take their sweet time, even with their their highly touted dudes. Right. Um, and you know what? You don't want to outshine Gunner. Leave Gunner. Let, let him have a spotlight. You know. So. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll worry about Norby next year. Um, so, and Norby could even improve on this, and he could be a top twenty spec. You know, he he could be a top twenty guy next year, and he and you know, Johnny looks even better in this first round. So, overall, I think it's a solid first round. Some reaches, but they are guys that are going to help out the tribe. They're going to make them a better team, which is all you can really ask for when you're in the first round. So, yeah, I'd That's say good job, Johnny. Well, and and you keep saying you know in the first round. Well, maybe nobody noticed, but Johnny was done right there at the eighth pick. He was done. Go <laughs> yeah. home. Seven minutes into the draft, he was done. Got himself a glass and uh, relaxed for the rest of the night. So kudos to you, man. It's a new strategy. I had no idea, had no idea until I did the review. I'm like, holy crap, that was all he did. <laughs> Got it done. <laughs> so I don't think that's ever. Well, maybe it has. I'd, I'd have to look it up, but. Yeah. Um little we'll put a bow on this. Um what I did per round, I you know, I gave little stickers for certain picks. I did a I did a a little sneaky nomination, the best value, which we already talked about with Tobar. Uh the hmm pick. Not a bad picks, but hmm picks. And then each round I I attributed uh, our boy Ugg, where would he go? So for the first round, I'll just go in that way. The hmm pick, we already talked about Duran. Hmm. Once again, not bad, just made you wonder. Sneaky pick, Cal, you actually covered this and not even knowing what I did here, but 
Uh, I agree. Sneaky pick was actually Chris Bryant. Um, a little fun fact is he was very popular quietly, at least with my um, emails and private messages during the estate auction. Uh, where's Chris Bryant? Where's Chris Bryant? Why is he in? Well, shocker that he did not make the the list. Uh, he was actually cut. He wasn't uh, technically on the roster of the remaining team of the Savages. So um, when when there was like seven players that needed to be cut, he was one of them. So that was a, a little gift for the draft pool right there. And there he was sitting there ready to be drafted with the 16th pick to, to the Fanatics. So sneaky pick. Um, and finally, the UG pick for the round was the third pick by the Wonders, Yoshida. I can see... I can see in here Ugg just ranting and praising Yoshida as the pick. Well, you just wait. That's the guy. He's the guy. So um, that pretty much wraps up the first round there. So I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention that Shavs did go and grab Logan O'Hop, who's a starting catcher, over with the Angels. Um, I do like that. I think it's, again, it's not one of the sexier picks, but. It's going to be somebody that's going to he's, he can just plug in right at catcher, which is a hard position just to plug somebody in right away, and it's going to be producing. So I like that. I, I think it's I think it's a good pick for the first round. At that late, you can go out and you can go get a flashy prospect that you know might bust, but Ohop is you know that's it's a good safe pick. It's a classic Shaw's pick, I think. Um, so I'd say you know that's a good a solid B plus on that one. Um, Being uh, transparent, he was actually targeted for me with the seventeenth first pick in the second round. Okay, I was hoping he, I was hoping he'd land there, but uh, be gone. He was already taken. So yeah, right in front pick. of your Hunter Brown pick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Dang. Yep. So, and should we even mention Henderson Churio? I mean, I feel like if we have to talk about these dudes, I think those are the only two we have. I know, about. but like, do we really need to talk about it? I mean, they're just studs. Honestly, they're the studs yeah. of studs. We got okay. to give props to the number one draft pick. We all knew who it was going to be. It was no surprise. Yeah, it, it was wasn't. a matter of which team was going to have that number one pick. So, if he did not, if Ken did not go with these two, probably would have gone here and bullied him for about five minutes because this is the only option that you had. Um, I it was I, probably the the most solid and safest option. There were many. I I, I disagree with you with that number two because yeah, Gunner Gunner Henderson was. Unanimously, practically, um, mm-hmm. but depending depending on your viewpoint or or needs really you needs know. or anything like that, if you're willing to wait on Cheerio. Yeah, that second pick could have gone so many different ways. Um, Cheerio still is. I'm not saying it's a red flag. Yeah, I think because you and I have. Oh, this I'm gonna stop you right there. And, uh, <laughs> give me my give me my thirty seconds. I know. I know. <laughs> I, he just scares me as I'm gonna say it uh, of a Joe Waddell, just fast moving, high hype. It could be him. I hope we're all wrong, and th- and I think maybe that's where I was kind of hesitant for him because I was burned or am burned or will be burned with the Adele situation. I don't know, um, but there I am sitting. I had options galore. Obviously, if anyone didn't know, I had the first two picks trade him away for this dumbass trade that I did apparently. <laughs> and um 
not only did I have options of trading, but I also had options of where, what is that number two pick for me? Um, I was at a point where I was considering getting, get an arm. My, my team, if anything needs arms. So I was like, do I just dive right into and get that arm? Um, do I, there was so many, I, I bet I had six different players slotted for that pick right or wrong. That's where it was that it could be because of possible needs. Or possible, as I would say, um, hesitations on certain players with Cheerio. Go ahead. Tell me about Jackson. I'm madly in love with Jackson Cheerio. Deeply in love with him. Um, Yeah, I mean, how could I not be? Okay, so I understand the red flags. I see the red flags. They are, yeah, they're totally understandable. He strikes out a ton. um, And sometimes, at times, struggles to uh get on base however and by get on base i don't mean like like he doesn't have quality at bats at times is what is what i'm saying um however at his age at the level he's been playing at like in a ball there's only been a few guys that have put up the numbers that he has and when you get deeper into it like the like the sabermetrics such as like weighted runs created plus which to me that's like the god of the god of all stats. That's stats I love. I love that as a hitting stat. He is in the range historically of a Soto and Acuna, um, of Vlad Guerrero Jr. We're talking about this level of player. So yeah, I do think he could even have gone at one. I don't. I mean, you can't. You cannot usurp Gunner in any way. But my crazy brain would have probably been able to justify taking Cheerio at one if I didn't have two picks back-to-back um, and actually had to make a choice. Um, but Ken knocked out of the park. He oh, yeah. will be very happy with these two dudes. I I think this is a, a franchise-altering year for the, the Badgers. So good job, Ken. Yeah, kudos. And I honestly think we covered every player in, one, in that yeah, round. Yeah, that was my goal. So that's the good news. Um, at that pace, we will be done with the show by midnight at the three hours. But that's okay. Hey, you know what? You can pause the show if we're running long. And you know what? Care. I could even release it limited edition. We go around per day, you know, like it's Christmas or something. <laughs> I ain't got the evenings to be doing round per day. <laughs> oh, you mean submitting it? Yeah, I mean, oh, like, I'll just submit, I'll cut it up, and uh, I'll, I'll submit it round per day. That's actually mean. I love it. It is so mean. <laughs> Um, if it wasn't so short to opening day, I, probably, I might even do it. I think that is all we can discuss for the first round overall. Yeah. It was uh, pretty fun to watch. Um, oh, that was 30 minutes. That's not that crazy. Yeah, that's that, you know what? That was okay. That was good. All right. Anyways. Yeah. Take a quick inventory there. Okay, cool. So round two. Round two. And I'll throw just out my stickers first just so they're out there. Um it was weird. I didn't even notice because when I when I looked, all I did was look at uh, the round and then where they were selected, not even realizing who they were. And what's weird is, once again, a sneaky pick goes to the Fanatics with Andrew Painter. Uh, my comment in his team was, I promise you, if he was an honest man, and that's still debatable too, um, <laughs> <laughs> that bet a dollar that he didn't think he was getting painter at number 18 at all. Um, granted his stock did drop fast with the injury, 
but that doesn't change the fact of who he really is or well, who we all think he is. So kudos to him. That's a nice sneaky pick to get him right there. Um, the 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 hmm pick I had between two um two players and they went back to back. It was going to be Cody Bellinger, but I went with Chris Sale instead with the Dukes. Um, with the twenty fifth pick, you took Chris Sale. That's a hmm. Throwing darts, it could stick. We don't know. Obviously, there's a little bit of a love for that for me, being the Red Sox. Top ten when healthy. And for JJ, um, definitely top, you know, top what? Top ten? Top ten when healthy, yeah. That's what I heard. Right. (laughs) Um, The Ugg pick could have gone a few places, but my eyes kept being drawn to the number 19th pick uh, with the Wonders. Uh, again, it was weird that both Wonders and Sneaky Pick, um, I mean, Sneaky and Yug Pick went to the same teams. Uh, Drew Jones went with the 19th pick. So we're all chattering. Oh, there, where's he at? Where's he at? There he goes. He went with the 19th pick. So uh, Ugg would have been proud of Jason picking him up there. Best value? This is like cringe to give props to that, but the best value for the second round goes to the Green Onions, Tamar Johnson going uh, overall with the second round. There was a few that could maybe, but I, I just seeing the names in this round, it might be a personal bias. I just, from the draft, from the get-go, even with the core four or five that were selected and all the love and the drippings of the Joneses and the holidays and whatnot, I've always leaned toward Johnson, Tamar Johnson I feel it's going to be the guy. I'm not saying the best player, but the guy. Um, so kudos to you. I think that was the best value, even though I think you owned this round, did you not? One, two, oh no, you only had two two picks in this round. I, I mean, I freaking knocked out of the park. But no, honestly, I I thank you for the award. That's very honorable. But I don't know if I totally agree with it, as I do think Painter is the best value because we're talking. A, I mean, even if he didn't get hurt, you could even justify putting him in your top, in your, your top ten. Um, I have him listed here as seven, which that's probably where he should be. Some people have him a little lower, like just out the top ten, like probably you know eleven, twelve. But getting a, a dude at seven for the eighteenth pick of the draft, you got to be ecstatic with that, especially if you are, you know, you're you're the fanatics and you got the the dude in Philly. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a double win, right? Yeah, it's a double win. Yeah, getting Painter that low, especially when you got Perez, you could have easily gotten Painter there, and it was a flip of the coin, pretty much, and it landed Matt's way. Um, you know, he's got to be freaking stoked about that. I'd be through the roof. Remind, it reminds me when the Dallas Cowboys actually drafted Micah Parsons from Penn State. I'm like, come on, <laughs> yeah, it's just it makes it's like that. Like, what what are the, what is the odds of that? What's the luck of that? It's absurd. But um, no, I mean, I. I'm in love with Tamar. I think Tamar is incredible. I think he definitely, like you said, I think he'll be that guy. I think he will be the leader of that Pittsburgh team when they are competitive, which, you know, just for the sake of baseball, you hope they are because they're just a poverty franchise that sucks. And I hate the Pirates. Um, they don't try. Anyways, I'm not, I can go on a rant for them for about an hour. But we're going to go through the second round here. And it leads off with after going no pitching, I feel like it was kind of heavy on the pitching because there was. Uh, well, there was five, six, one, one, two, three, four, five. My bad. 
Yeah. Five starters, yeah, selected. Yeah, we had one starter in the first round and then five in this round, and it started with two starters, and it was, I think, the best in the class, even though Brown went first, because I believe you you took Brown probably because he was actually going to have a job right away. Correct. Correct. But these two are the actual best in class. Yuri Perez, who you took, um, arguably has even better stuff than Painter does. He was a man amongst boys in single A. They moved him up to double A. He still dominated. He, I, I don't think he's been challenged yet, which that's also kind of a concern. It's like, what happens when he does? Um, you hope they put him in triple A stat because that dude deserves to be playing against someone at his level. He is insanely talented for being, I think he's 19 now, but he was 18 last year when he was doing what he was doing. Um, right. So, I mean, you got to be happy with that pick. But then Matt goes and gets Painter, who I would probably lean towards more if, if I had to pick a, pick somebody, um, just because of just the K to walk ratios. I mean, Painter was striking out dudes at an insane clip. But the injury does give you pause. It's like, how's he going to bounce back? Are we going to see um, not the same Painter? We'll see the same Painter because these dudes recover at crazy rates nowadays. They're just the doctors they have is you know otherworldly. But are we going to see him struggle? Because I don't know if he's ever had that time in his life where he's had to, you know, actually rebound from something. Because Painter's always just been dominant. Um, that'll be interesting to see. So we'll see how that goes for now. Um, but these two dudes, I love these pitching prospects. If I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for pitchers. I thought about it. I decided to pass on it. But both you and Matt have to be pretty happy about getting these guys okay. here. Yeah. Um, well, and, and a little a little disclaimer when I talk about the six uh, or the the number two pick with the plethora of players, um, it was like I said, the uh, pitcher was involved, and I was going shifting my rankings between the the three there: Brown, Perez, and Painter, back and forth, back and forth. Painter was up there, and I even quote threatened Matt, "Don't even count on getting Painter. He's not going to be there. Not going to be be there." And then you know we see the injury raise the flag on me. Kind of put the brakes on on that one, and it wound up favoring Matt in, in the long run. But all three of those pitchers, I would have been happy to have. And I got two out of three, so I'm elated, not even realizing you know, at the time that it was going to fall that way. But there I am with two uh, pitchers in the first two picks. So yeah, um, we can just go with the pitchers. I guess we're gonna we're gonna do this kind of kind of in a weird way, but I'm hoping Very it random. flows nicely at least. Um, Perhaps. So yeah, we'll, we'll just do pitchers right now. Next up was Alex, who at pick 22 got Taj Bradley from what the Rays. Um, and I thought it was kind of interesting because Meade, I think, in the system at least, is you know a lot better than Bradley. So if you're going to get a Ray, I'd probably go with Meade. But I'm sure Alex just needed pitching. So he shifted his gears there and he, and he went and got a pitcher in Taj Bradley, which you know I like Taj. He hits 100, you know, and he's... He does have some command issues with when he has to go to his secondaries, um, but I, I think he probably has one of the higher floors of the pitchers in this in this round. Um, probably, if we're being honest, maybe even the draft, seeing the pitchers selected of the prospects. Um, yeah, I, I would. I think that's fair to say because you know Perez and Painter, we've seen a lot of a lot of dudes like these guys that just flame out after being so dominant. Um, so I think Bradley had, does have the highest floor. I think he will be good in the bigs. He might project to be a number three starter. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's a good pick for Boys of Summer. They'll be happy with it. Not to mention, you know, he is with the right organization. They 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 know how to groom them. So yeah, definitely. I mean, raise raise pitchers are like raise hitters impossible to judge. Raise pitchers, sign me up any, any day of the week for sure. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, and then we had Sale and Stroman go back to back at 25 and 26. I'm look, I'm just not a fan of Chris Sale. I, I mean, I know JJ's, JJ's a, a Sox fan, so you know you can't feel that bad about it. But I, I just I've been burned by Chris Sale too many times in my life to say sign me up. Um, and then of course you go ahead. Classic flyer pick, you know. Yeah, very, it very is. Because you know, at the end of the day, Chris Sale is still Chris Sale. That dude still has one of the craziest arm actions you'll ever see. It's impossible to pick that ball up out of his hand, and it breaks so much. And I even said right in the draft during live we were here, I said, you get a month out of him, put, then throw him away. You know, you get him <laughs> yeah, for April, yeah. three down, you got five, four or five starts. So, yeah, a mo- um, I mean, a month of prime sale is probably more than any of these prospects could ever even, you know, accrue. So, right. you know, it's not horrible, but I, I just would never take a risk on sale like that. I just, I just don't like him. That's just no, straight up. Right. I just, I have. Walked that tightrope many a time. Um, and then you got Marcus Stroman, which I think is gross. I don't like that pick. I think it's just gross. You, you said that You said that immediately. And <laughs> There's so many other pitchers. Um, many pitchers, but yeah. I needed somebody right here, right now. I had no pitchers going as of the whole damn weekend coming up, and I wanted at least one, and uh, I got the guy that was pitching on Thursday. So, I mean, whether how long he stayed, yeah. honestly, I don't know. We'll see. He might be cut by tonight. You never know. Might be a trade in the works. You just never know. He's a jabroni. Plain and simple. <laughs> Plain and simple. He's a jabroni. Um, and then okay, so that's all the pitchers in the in the that's, second. Yeah, we got them covered. And then now we can start picking them off. I guess we can even do outfielders. There was um, five taken in this round, so we'll start with Drew Jones. Um, I if if like you said that if you had to put a dollar down, you know Matt was not going to get Painter. I I just could have sworn that you were gonna take Jones at seventeen, especially after you already got Brown. I I didn't know what you were thinking, and I was like, okay, he's he's gonna go get Jones because he did not think he was gonna fall this far, and you left him alone. I was like, I was stunned. So um, Jason getting Jones down here at the number thirteenth ranked prospect, I think he should be a little bit higher, not like a ton. I don't think he should be top ten considering he hasn't played professional ball yet. Um. He gets that pick nineteen. I think I think it's a very solid pickup. Drew Jones is is a is just a dude. Oh, uh, totally. Yeah, I mean you, you can't you can't go wrong there. All, there's always high risk with these high school with these high school hitters. Um, so you know, honestly, you get what you, you get. Know, but yeah, I, I honestly thought Jones was going to be landing somewhere in that big cloud of Black Sox in the first mm-hmm, round. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I just predicted that if I was going to do a mock draft, that's where that would have went. Where I don't know, but shocked that he went sure. to the second round. Like I think, I think Tamar is the most mature high schooler, but I think Jones is the most polished hitter in the class. Um, I I don't think you could ever go wrong with taking Jones. So I I do I do like that for Jason. Um, and then next up in the outfield. We have a little bit of a shift. We have Pete Crow Armstrong 
uh, going at pick 23, and at pick 24, Cody Bellinger went. So two Cub outfielders going back-to-back. Bellinger going to, going to the Wonders, Jason, and Armstrong going to Alex, Boys of Summer. Um, Armstrong has, I felt like, been around for a while. He was in that deal. Oh, what deal was it? Because he was a Cub, and then he got dealt. But I don't remember. I don't remember why. Why would he get dealt? Um, I I, I can't think of that trade right now. Anyways, um, I, again, I feel like we've been talking about Armstrong for a long time, and I I never know what to think of him. I don't have a real strong opinion on Armstrong, which is kind of a fancy way of saying I don't know anything about this guy, even though I've <laughs> seen him for years. I've never taken the time to be like, oh, I'm just going to delve into him and scout him. So, Alex, maybe you can let us know and maybe take a comment out on Armstrong, but I I don't know enough about Armstrong to really give an opinion. That's hard. That's like a real strong opinion. Um, Bellinger to Jason, though, is just a classic second-round pick where this could be the best pick of the draft or it could just be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you, why, why would you even do that? Because... It's a make-or-break year for Bellinger. He's on a new team. He has no excuses. He's not part of that Dodger lineup that just is a, a, you know, a revolving door of who's hot right now because the Dodgers are just so good. Bellinger is going to be safe, and he's going to have a routine day in, day out. So we're going to see how he adjusts. I I don't know if you can fix what's wrong with Bellinger. I, I remember him being a prospect, and I was in love with his swing. Because I took Be- I took Bellinger in a prospect draft in another league, because um, I I just I was in, I was in love with that swing and the approach that he took, and he showed it. You know, I mean, he, we're talking about a guy who won Rookie of the Year his first year, um, then expanded upon it the next year, and then after that, just has shown no signs of of being that guy. Um, so I feel like we haven't seen the Cody Bellinger in a long time. This could be the opportunity that he's been waiting for, and Jason could capitalize. You know, like Verlander went last year. Who knows? Maybe we'll have one of those type resurgences that happens. But I just see his face. Yeah, he has but a real dumb face. He's not. Face. Yeah, he has a horrible face. Very punchable. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't like that aspect of it. But swings good. So we'll see how it goes. And then to wrap up um, the outfielders here at pick twenty nine, uh, hardcore get Michael Michael Conforto, who took forever to get signed to somebody to the point where I just thought he either was, you know, like just ill. He's like, he just couldn't play baseball or, you know, just something happened on his physical because I don't know why it took so long for MLB team to scoop up Conforto. Um, I'm glad he went to the giants. I think he'll, I think he'll fit in there at just chilling out by the Bay. Um, going, f- he's going all the way across the country. Cause he went, he's going from New York to San Fran. So we'll see how he adjusts. Um, but again, round two, you can't really. It's it's a Shabs pick. It's a very safe bet. You know, he's not really going out of his comfort zone there. I think it's fine. It's not like I'm not giving like an A grade or anything, but it's fine. Uh, and then at pick 31, the Moonlight Grams went out and got James Outman, who is the Dodgers outfielder who recently has made the opening day roster. So congratulations to him. Um, he got a few of those. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. He's very low on the prospect rankings list. Um, I think it's because he's 25 and he's just now getting a shot. But you can't really, can't really knock a dude for that, you know. 
everyone develops Actually, differently. You can, and then they will, and they always have. So, uh, I mean, yeah. like you can definitely knock him on a prospect rankings list, but as far as like getting him as a talent, I mean, as long as he produces, what does it matter? What how old he how old he is when you get him in the second round? Um, like I definitely understand why he was two twenty nine, but he did hit like thirty homers in AAA, so that that looks pretty nice. That but you kind of I guess you can also argue that you should be doing that when you're twenty five in AAA. Um, either way, Dodgers saw enough from him that they felt confident enough to put him on their active roster, which with a team that good, I think it's a resounding endorsement, and uh, Dathan might be pretty happy with what he gets out of Altman. I, I don't know what to expect from him, because my first thing I think of is Scott Kingery, as far as uh, an older prospect that had a lot of pop out of nowhere and then gets promoted you know, day one. Um, and I got burned on Kingery as well. So I remember that pretty vividly. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we're, it might be a repeat of that. Or, you know, you could get a guy who hits 20 homers. I don't know. Uh, I, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I, I don't know what he's set up playing time-wise, but, yeah, it's very up in the air for Altman. We had only one catcher go this round. Went to the Badgers. In fact, that was his next pick after his first two were off the board. So, um, Tyler Soderstrom, what do you got with him? Uh, okay, Sody Pop. Let's take a look here. I'm trying to see where where Fangraphs has him at because I don't know where he really slots in. Because he's right now, Langoliers is is the guy in Oakland. Um, but he'll probably Langoliers will probably be like good, and they'll immediately trade him. Um, because you can't have any good players in the A's. That'd be that'd be sacrilegious. So uh, they're probably just going to move Langoliers and call up Soderstrom at some point. But I like Soderstrom. I really do. Uh, right now he's chilling in AAA, just waiting for his moment. He, the thing about Soderstrom is that he can play first. So that is a leg up, I believe, he has on Langoliers. Uh, but I think it significantly hurts his value because if you have Soderstrom's offensive potential at first base... I think it really kills him. Um, but if he can still keep that catcher eligibility, he could be pretty valuable. I, I I think it's an it's an okay pick. Again, like I said, not he's not like the the sexiest catcher you can go get. He's definitely not Indy. He does he's not as safe as an OHOP. Um, I, I think you're kind of going out on a limb there for Soderstrom, especially being in the A's system. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. And by the way, it was it was Ken. Ken got him as well. So uh, a couple of risks going back going back to back here in the mm-hmm. second round. Cool. Uh, there's only two more players we have not spoken about. I want to do it in a proper order for a reason. Uh, we'll hit shortstops first. Um, we already covered. No, we did not. My bad. Um, only two in that in the second round. We can just do middle infield. We'll just knock them out. Green onions uh, with Jackson Holiday and the Heat Waves first pick of the draft at thirty-two was Oswald Peraza, which I believe he traded into to get that. So, talk about those uh, uh, shortstops. We we'll start with Peraza. Um, if I recall, I don't. I mean, Peraza is now officially dead in the water. The poor guy. You could argue against it, um, but I know Boone, Aaron Boone, was not happy with his spring performance, especially towards the end when he really needed to prove himself because Volpe. 
was or Volpe was uh, on fire. I mean, the dude had a thousand OPS in spring. I mean, the guy Anthony Volpe is just is just a, a stud, and he officially made the roster. So um, immediately on the hot seat in just two days' time for Peraza. Uh, I think initially the pick could have paid off if Peraza was just by himself in his own little New York Island at first or a shortstop. Um, but now it's it's looking a little worse here, which I, I don't know how long until Lance just cuts the cord on that one. We'll see how that plays out. And then, uh, yeah, my holiday pick, I was I was ecstatic to get him at the 28th pick. He They said, they have him listed here as the number 10 prospect. Um, so to get a top 10 guy at, in the second round, like late, um, I was so happy with that. However, that does leave me with a very young minor league system because I have an 18-year-old, mm-hmm. actually two 18-year-olds with Holiday and Johnson. Um, but I'll be honest, if I if I had to if I had to pick two guys, it'd probably be them. Which I guess Cheerios 19 now, so I, I can't throw him in there. But yeah, Holiday and Tamar, I'm loving that second round for me. Getting that middle infield short up, um, it's gonna take a little minute to get there. We'll see if they can make it in the three-year window that they have i have full faith that they will but they're just so young so yeah we'll see how it goes to wrap up the second round we have one more player uh-huh. um and the only thing i only remember with this guy is he's the only one i know that when i see him get called up when i see him playing in the big leagues i'm going to remember he's the first and only player I got drafted underneath the bed. The phenom selected Curtis Mead, second baseman. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. That was a quite the night Andy had, but he still, he still, he's a trooper. Andy was able to pull off a phenomenal pick here at this uh, this Which late the only the pick of the night. Yeah, the only pick, and he was in his headquarters underneath the bed. I listen. He needs to start drafting under the bed more often because this is a great pick. I do. I really do love this. Um, I, again, he's a Ray. He's a Ray infielder, which is so gross. I mean, it's you just never know what you're getting. But Mead has a serious opportunity to not only play every day, but play every day at an above average level. Which you know, second round, a lot of these guys are not going to be above average. Just plain and simple. Um, I, I, be, from what I at least read up on him, he has you know high bat speed. And he seems to really be really good like pitch recognition, which hopefully that just means high contact, high on base. He's gonna get you, you know, a couple points every night, which is vital when you, when you have a second a second baseman that can do that because second base is the worst position I can think of. I mean, I even, I'd even rather have some catchers over the second baseman that I see. Um, so hopefully Mead is on the fast track. He's 22 in AAA, which is kind of you know par for the course. Hopefully he we see him make a jump. Uh, he should be up in no time. Uh, but I, I think come year end, Andy will be very happy with this pick. And that does wrap up the second round of the 2023 San Andreas. So put a bow on that one. Moving on to the third round, um, which by the way, again, the second round had the most minor leaguers, only six major leaguers. So. Uh, back to a more even round in the third round. Um, this is where we had a run, the run of the of the draft of five, one, two, three, four. Yeah, five starting pitchers 
to start the third round. Um, leading with me, the, the pause taking Brady Singer, Patrick Sandoval going to the Domers, um, Senga going to the Fanatics, Schuster to the Domers, and you, your Green Onions taking Tink. Hence, so let's go off of that. Okay. Um, not to mention also to add you were the next start, uh, pitcher. And Tiedemann, the 43rd, and Matthew Boyd to the hard court. Go ahead. All right. Love it. All right. So. That was my, that was my Christopher Russo. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Mickey Mantle, 1943. War Um, So, Bray Singer, uh, that's – I do commend you because I think you might have been able to find the most boring pick of the draft. And that's – it's pretty impressive. Um, I'll take this, it. This <laughs> – you could have probably just put five bucks down on him, but you know what? It's probably cheaper just to use your third round pick. I mean, you already had it. You didn't have to freaking use whack for it. So, and you already had your your miners stacked full. So, you know what? I can't really knock you on it too much, but I had to, had to a little bit because you know I'm not I'm not like I have no real opinion on Brady Singer. I think he's fine, and that's what he'll be. That's what you need right now. You just need a guy who's fine and doesn't get you in a bind night in night out. Um, and whether anybody noticed, but it wasn't by design. But by the end, just like your draft wasn't by design, my my draft wound up being the Anaheim Angels of was that twenty twenty? Um, nothing but pitchers. Yeah, twenty twenty. Uh, Eighteen pitchers. I've literally have never in my history of saying I'm drafting ever done that. So um, highly needed, heavily needed. Yes. Yeah. Well, one of them or some of them hit. We hope. But yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're all pitchers. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, next up is uh, Sandoval. Sandoval uh, went to the Domers at 34. Uh, I We all saw him, I believe. I mean, I don't know if all of us did, but we all saw him in the WBC. He looked really good in the WBC. And he did oh, Yeah, he did okay last year. I don't know if what we saw in the WBC is maybe a, a him making a step up. If it is, Domers are going to be stoked with this pick. And I mean, I don't blame him. I think it would be a great pick in the third round if you get if you get WBC Sandoval, I'd be through the roof happy. So yeah, we'll see yeah. how he can expand on that. Um, I, again, it kind of feels like a very a low ceiling and a and a, a kind of a high floor of what we're gonna get. I mean, I, I don't know if we're gonna if he's really gonna make that step. In all, in all actuality, I think we just saw a dude who was amped up, and we saw the best we'd ever see of him. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'm curious he, uh, to see that. He's actually, and I forgot to do this um, per round, he's actually my sneaky pick of the third round, mm-hmm. Patrick Sandoval. So uh, kudos to there. Uh, my hmm pick is the Boys of Summer's uh, starter slash reliever, uh, Yusei Kikuchi. I say Kikachi. Um, that could go either way. So that was my hmm pick. And sharing two awards. The one player, Moonlight Graham's 42nd pick, Sal Frittick, was the best value in my opinion. And also, I think Ugg would be all over that one. So, um, that's the third round. So, moving on. Sorry, I just realized I oh, no, had a sticker on that one. No, you're good. Um, okay. Mr. Senga. Mr. Senga. I, I mean, this is it's great for Matt's team, especially if he needs pitching, um, to get a guy that's going to be slotted in probably the most offensive producing team in the league. At least in the, probably in the like in that national league, um, the that Mets offense will prop up Senga even if he does falter. I 
I never know what to think of a Japanese pitcher when they first come over. I mean, even Otani was like, yeah, I mean, he's amazing. We saw him, but what's he really going to do in all actuality? He's never faced MLB hitting. He's never had a, you know, either way, he's never had to face pitchers like this. He's never had to face hitters like this. What's going to happen? So it's really hard to, to place him. However, just based on pure value, I think Matt knocked out of the park here with this pick. Um, and hopefully, for Senga's sake, it's going to be a very, very good value going forward. And someone that Matt can have for, you know, three or four years, that'll give him production. And for your third-round pick, you cannot ask for much more than that. So, solid pickup. Then- While you're talking, I just realized, you know, we gave – a little bit of crap of Morano having three picks all within close with each other, mm-hmm. and we're done in seven minutes. But I realized Domer's around the clock next, and this was his second and final pick of the draft. So <laughs> he was there and gone within three picks. So he could have gave me a cue card and went home. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It was good to have him around, though. I'm glad he like saved it all. Yeah, it was totally awesome. Thirty six pick, um, or thirty. Yeah, thirty six pick went. To the Domers, Jared Schuster to the Braves. Um, what's your take yeah, on that one? The man in A-Town. So, um, based on what I'm seeing here, the Braves are rocking a four-man rotation, and he managed to weasel his way into that third slot, which is very interesting. I I am, I don't know. It seems very volatile what he, what he can provide, especially because, I mean, I, Prospect Live has him listed as the 362nd prospect. Huh. That's wild to me, but he, yeah. you know what? Who cares? He's a starting pitcher, and that is that's incredible. So, yeah, the fact that he was able to make his way into a, a, a such a good Braves rotation, and I guess they're running a four man because they have injuries currently. Um, like Kyle Wright went down, you know, is down, Soroka's down. Um, yeah. I think that's it's a good option. For the for you know if if you if you had to fight somebody with like Mets or Braves I mean they're two offenses that you can you can go toe to toe with so um, like like I said with Senga if Schuster falters he can probably get propped up on a on a bad day by this stacked Braves offense um, we'll see how that goes and then I will slide over to Tink I just I, I'll do my guys back to back since I had both pitchers um, at pick thirty seven I took Tink Hence. I should say reached for Tink Hens. Let's, let's pin this for a second here. Okay, let's pin it. Um, We're getting pinned. You know, no, what I mean by that is, do you know if that's a nickname or did their his parents literally name him Tink? I mean, I hope it's not a nickname. That's going to break my heart if it is. But, which is worse. What is, who says, hey, Let's call him Tink. It's way cooler being named Tink than to have a nickname of Tink and then just have it be your name. Because then when someone finds it's like it's like Snoop Dogg. You find out he actually isn't named Snoop Dogg. That would suck. You know? We're going to have to get our producers uh, looking at that one. I mean, I thought that was Snoop Dogg's real name for like first 10 years of my life. <laughs> and then I, I found out one day it wasn't. I'm like, are you kidding me? So if I found out Tink Hens is a fake name, I might just go off the deep end. So, yeah, I'm not going to look into that. I don't want to have my heart broken. Um, But I did reach for Tink, and you know what? Guess who else I reached for two years ago? Jordan Walker. And I'm going to do it it again because I have full belief that Tink Hentz, by year end, could be one or two 
starting pitcher in all of and all of like all of prospect land. Um, the the guy he has a very skinny build, which I think he's slowly filling out. But um, his stuff, just pull up some video of Think Hence and come back to me because his stuff is just incredible. I can, I cannot wait. Showing. Yeah, the, the numbers absolutely show. I cannot wait for this dude to be embarrassing and will be hitters. I'm so hyped for it. Not just as a as a lover of prospects, but as a Cardinals fan, I am so hyped for this. I remember when he what got. Does he do? Uh, I think probably most likely to, like next year. If we're being, I, he, there's no way he's touching the bigs this year. Um, we, he was drafted at high school, so I also high school arms very volatile. I I'll, I will be very honest with that. It's very hard to get a solid high school arm to your bigs within a couple of years. Um, so I'm fine if they just like slow it down. Let him do a year at Memphis. Let him get shelled. Figure it out, and then bring him up. I'm okay doing that slowly. Let him get his Tommy John. Get that out of the way. Um, I'm fully prepared for the the Tink Hence experience. But then moving in is I did not plan on getting this next pick at all. Forty um, third pick was Ricky Tiedemann. I he just fell to me. I did not want to take another pitcher. I don't like drafting pitching prospects. I, I mean, I say that. Be, and the reason I, hold on, hold on. The reason I say that is because that's all I've done for the past my entire life, which is six years of my life. So <laughs> that's all I've, I've ever done is just draft dumb pitchers, and they all hurt me in the same exact way by either being bad or being hurt and being bad. So having the but having a, a top twenty prospect like Tiedemann and probably the best pitching prospect available at the time still be out there. I'm a sucker for prospects, obviously, because I didn't take a single MLB player when I reasonably should have. Um, I had had a jump on Ricky. Ricky is so fine. He blew my mind. And I said, hey, Ricky. And I picked him up. Um, I'm going to stash him in my minor slot. I was able to kind of do some roster manipulation because Tink Hens qualified at reliever. So, yeah. Go ahead. No, I well, I what it is, I stashed my my two young guys, Holiday and Johnson. I threw Tiedemann over in in the minors, and I threw Tank in my reliever slot. A uh, little manipulation there, but we we make it work. Um, so, anyways, I'm very happy, very happy with Tiedemann. We'll see how it goes. I, I he was on the, I don't know if he was ever taken seriously to make the roster opening day, um, because I don't think the Blue Jays really saw him as a possibility to win Rookie of the Year, especially with who's out there as competition. So like they weren't they weren't gonna get that first round pick if they did call him up. So why waste that? Just wait and call him up later. I think that's the route they're gonna take the the traditional prospect route that we've been seeing all these years. Um, so I hope he's up in twenty twenty three. Most likely though, I'm thinking opening day of twenty four. And then we will move on from my guys and go to pick forty five, the final pitcher of the round. With Matthew Boyd to the hardcore. I did not look on Fantrax. I'm going to do a quick, uh, just to verify if um, Mr. Boyd here is a Sparp. Because that's also a very, very shops thing to do. And wouldn't you know it? He is a Sparp. Wow. He's, shops never fails. Um, he yeah, picked up Matthew Boyd, who will be the starter in Detroit. Uh, 
I I'm lukewarm on Boyd, as in I definitely don't hate him, and I don't I don't have no opinion on him. I think he had a he had a down a kind of a down year in Seattle, and I think with you know going through going through with the with the Tigers, and he kind of gets to be the leader of a staff somewhat because they're so bad. Um, I think maybe he'll have some confidence, and maybe he'll be able to to show that hey I'm that dude. And you know he might actually outperform his value down here, at, like late third round. And for being a spark, I don't think it's a bad pick at all. I, I think it's pretty solid, especially with, when it falls right into Shav's wheelhouse, as far as what he likes to draft and, and who. And that would end our run. Well, part of it. Beginning and end of the run of the starting pitchers of that round. Yeah, that, uh, by the way, there was, what did we say? I don't know if we covered that. There was 15 total of the 64 picks. 15 were starting pitchers. So whether that's high or low, I don't know. Um, but just a little fun fact there. Um, I, would argue one six, the I would argue 16 if you want to count fat. If you want to. You don't have to, but uh, I would argue well, it. I guess, yeah, it depends on what date it is because he would – Literally was drafted as a reliever, even though you're right in that manner. So, uh, with, that's the case. Um, where did he go? Oh, he, you got okay, him. He's coming up. He's coming up. <laughs> no, no, I mean, oh, where, you said where did he go around? around? Okay, yeah. Um, Sorry, spoiler alert. But that would have been the most. What I'm getting at is sure. No, I I'm with you. Uh, seven this is just a little. I go by numbers, and that was the most. Picks of a position in any of the rounds. There, mm-hmm, were seven, mm-hmm. there were seven pitchers taken in the third round. That was the most by any position. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, moving from there, we could go anywhere right now. We had, I'm going uh, to be one? quick with this real quick. Okay, so we'll just go position players for right now. I'm not going to go by, by position because it's kind of nickel and dime everywhere. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll just go in order. So, pick 38, uh, Lance's Heat Wave went out and got um, Christian Encarnacion Strand. And I hope we, we figure out, I just about to say, I hope by the time he gets to the bigs, we figure that out because I will not be able to say that for more than a week without going crazy. That's um, going to be a lot of letters on the back of that jersey. Mr. I don't know, Seth? I don't know. I don't know. Mr. Strand. I don't know. Stranded. I have no idea. Um, but Strand, uh, I think he went viral last year for those that are on Prospect Twitter, like I live on. And Strand hit probably the hardest and farthest ball I'd ever seen hit by a prospect last year. Just demolished a baseball a billion feet. And put. he was already performing incredibly well beginning of the year. I mean, just absurd on-base percentage numbers and average. And he was doing everything possible. Uh, he, he, yeah, he was incredible start of the year, and then even I think he hit that homer in like you know June or whenever, and kind of put everyone on notice that like I am a freaking power god pretty much. So we'll see how he actually develops. I don't know what his power looks like long term. Um, I, he might get even better than he is now because a lot of a lot of these guys really do. I mean, they're just prospects, they're just kids, so. Going forward, I think Lance got a good value here, even though it does show him as the 99th ranked prospect. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, 
but I don't think it's a bad pick at all for Lance. And then we'll move on to Joey Manessis, the Black Sox, um, the 30-year-old wonder. He he was probably, for a stretch of time, one of the best hitters in the in MLB. Um, and then just tailed off off the planet for some time. It was the weirdest rise and fall ever. And I think if Dodge can get the middle ground of that, it's a solid pick. But I don't know what to well, I don't know what to say on him because he's he's twenty nine or thirty years old and he just debuted and and he's on a Washington team that's confusing and is youth based. It's like I don't know where he fits in and the culture there. Is he the leader? How can he be the leader? You've been up for like you have two hundred bats under your belt or whatever. I, I just think it's a very hectic situation for Mr. Joey. And I feel like I would go other places than him. But I can't fault Dodge because if that, that glimmer of, wow, this dude's incredible. He's getting on base all the time. Um, he's able to make a bad situation good in Washington. Gives you some promise. So maybe it could end up paying off. I don't know. But then next pick after Joey. Hold on. Spontaneous bathroom break. And I think the best value of the round goes to Mr. Evan Carter, who JJ's Dukes picked up. Um, Carter is a... The only Ranger, by the way. Yeah, the only Ranger. Uh, Carter's a top 20 prospect going at pick 41. That's incredible value. I, I think that's. I think that definitely just smokes everyone else in the round. Um I, I noticed he was falling. I'm not like a huge Evan Carter guy. A lot of people are. I totally understand it. I just, for my taste, I feel like he just launched up boards so quickly. And when guys like that happen, typically there's some regression. I don't think, you know, I don't think Carter will be a top five prospect next year. Yeah, I think he there might be, there might be at least a little bit. Maybe he'll stay in the same range. Maybe he'll even drop down into the 40s. I don't know because he's still only 19. So, because um, Carter was an unknown last year, started last year, and then just became a you know a top Rangers prospect overnight practically. So, um, we'll, we'll, we will see how it plays out. Okay, um, this out, not to interrupt, but sure, just realize we were talking. This was a Gunner's pick at number 42. It was the first of his picks. Dude, I don't know if I can wait that long in any round or any draft. I would get antsy at that point. Wow. Good job, Aaron. That's being patient. (laughs) I pray I never have to be in a situation in my life. I would not know what to do with myself for that many picks. I know it, right? I would go insane. You would. Yeah. I I, I just thought that. I was like, wow. Yeah, I yeah, we can go into that because that's all I really had to say about Carter anyways. It's just, you know, I, I'm i not so hyped on him like other people are. But, again, I don't listen, I don't know much about these guys, okay? I hate to break it to you guys. I feel like I'm, I'm a fraud on this. I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. So, anyways. It's all about beginning confidence. I'm a, I'm a fraud. Um, but moving on, uh, we have a former Cardinal at pick 42. Um, and you know what? I've seen him for many a year. I still don't oh, know how to say his first name. I am so sorry. I thought we were on the Gunners. Oh, my Lord. No, you just absolutely just steamrolled me. But you're okay because we're fine. 
No, we're fine. We're fine because I was oh, done with him. I was done with him, so we're okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, anyways, right. um, my I've I have seen Montero's name for probably going on five years now. I still am not totally confident in saying his first name, which is another example of how I'm a fraud and I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but I hear it. yeah, we'll just go with that. El Hubris or something like that. I, I don't know. Yes. I will figure it out someday. But for right now, Mr. Montero went to the Gunners at pick 42. Um, he is the starting third baseman in Colorado. Listen, if you get a guy that's in Colorado, you've already won. Congratulations. So to get a guy, but he, Montero's not like a huge pop guy. So I guess that kind of defeats the purpose of getting someone in Colorado because now you're just getting a guy who's on a crappy team. Um, but Montero is finally coming into his own. He's finally getting a full-time job. Um, he has like just he, he doesn't even have like a full. I see. He, this is his point zero nine seven service time. This dude has not been up in the bigs that long. So he the fact that he's getting a a full-time job out the gate kind of crazy. Um, but we'll see what he what he can do with it. It's totally up in the air at this point what he can make of himself. Being in Colorado, I would hate to give projections out for him just because your splits are already going to be out of whack. Um, but being in the third round, I feel like it's still a fine pick. Like If you, if you need a third baseman, which I don't know if, if Aaron really did. I didn't, I didn't look. Um, but if you did, I'd say it's a fine pick. I'm, I'm okay with this here. I think I'm mixing teams up, but I'm not sure. Um, what do we got? El El Montero, we'll call him. Okay, El Montero. El Montero. The Mon- he's the right? Montero. He's out of all the Monteros, he's the one. Um, and I'm looking at Aaron's team, and he has Justin Turner slotted yeah, in at third. And yeah, he definitely needed a third baseman. My goodness me, because Aaron does not have a bad team at all, not at all, but. He is severely lacking at third, so that was a great call to get. He also needed a kind of a backup for a baseman that plays every day because he has G-Man Choi on the bench who will probably be platooning with Connor Joe. I don't know. Um, I was saying off, off the top of my head there. Um, so, yeah, to get a Montero like that in the third round who will shore up two positions that he needs depth in, I'd say that's a really solid pick, even more so than originally I thought. So, yeah, way to well, go, Aaron, on that one. Well, I'm going to kick him while he's down. You say he doesn't have a bad team, but he did have the worst record, so we'll just leave it at that. No, I'm saying like like I don't hate I don't hate these guys like Varshell, Walker, Lowe, Edmund, uh, Schwarber, Benatendi. Like, I don't. That's not that's not all bad. Like there's some things maybe you can he, look at. Maybe he's the victim of, of the schedule. Perhaps. Yeah, Hanniger is back. You know, he's got a lot of things going for him. Um, I don't like his pitching that much, but pitching is also hard to come by. To be fair. Um, but yeah, as far as what he needed, this is what he needed, and he got taken care of. Solid, solid deal for Aaron. Uh, moving on to the hardcore, uh, they go and grab Kike Hernandez, Boston's beloved. Kike, um, yeah, it's not. It's really not a bad pick. He plays three positions. He plays second, short, and outfield. And uh, Mark's already got him slotted in as a starter. So you know, to go grab a starter in the third round, I mean, you can't you can't hate on that. And looking at his roster, his shortstops are not incredible because his only other options were David Fletcher and Kevin Newman. 
So yeah, definitely Kika is going to be the guy for the hardcore <clears throat> for right now. See, he, he's one of the players that messes me up because I obviously pulled some numbers and um, I had stats of 20 outfields being drafted, five in each round, and he was one of them. But keep forgetting that there's a few players like Kike that play two or three positions. So he could have been in any slot for that matter. So Yeah. And Jobs is known for uh, those um, heavy – what was I about to say? Hueys. Heavy, heavy hu- utilities. Utilities. Oh, heavy Hueys, <laughs> like the guy from Breaking Bad. Um, okay, so – I know I don't I don't want to give Shavs credit. I hate hate and doing no. it. I'm not gonna do it. You know what? I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I want to, I was going to, but I take it back. Shavs, you had a bad draft. As I'm just gonna say that. I'm gonna 40. go I'm gonna do a one eighty. a total one eighty. But no, in all honesty, he had a good draft in the sense that like there's not an incredible like wow, th- this is a real guy right here. He had holes, he filled them. He filled them well. Um, he has guys that will stay on his team probably all year because Kike, I think, has has the legs to stay on the team all year. Um, Ohop has, can be his backup catcher for the time being because uh, he has Contreras, who has multi-positional eligibility. So, you know, he can play in the – he can be DH'd so he can be in the outfield. Hmm, I wonder, wonder why he's DH or has outfield eligibility. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, what are you getting at? Nothing, nothing. I just, at? I nothing. I just didn't know. I just didn't recall Contreras ever playing in the outfield. I just thought it was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> so to have the guy, have a guy like Ohop as, as an everyday guy, that's really that's that's a great value. Conforto um, already slots in, projected at least to be his fourth or fifth outfielder. So he has depth there in case anything were to happen. Um, then he gets Matt Boyd, another Sparp option, which is annoying. It's like death by a thousand cuts. You can never get a reprieve from when you play the hardcore because he's always going to kill you with three starters going every single day. Um, but you know what? If you can do it, do it because it's not easy to get Sparps to actually produce. Uh, and then later on, we haven't covered him yet, but Pete Fairbanks, who I am in love with as a reliever, I think he's one of the best relievers in baseball as far like, for guys that are not going to get you saves Pete is probably the best reliever in baseball if you don't count on saves um, his stuff is is at another level yeah he's in his own tier as far as the the break that he gets on his pitches and the control that he has with it um, the Rays are very well known for getting these type of guys their bullpen's full of them and Fairbanks still is a, a cut above the rest um, so I'd say that, that was a great pick for in the in the fourth round for Mark, which we'll get into later. But I mean, I guess I already got into it now. Um, but yeah, Mark, I, I'm saying this now because I don't think like we can get caught up with all the prospects and everything. But the draft is still the draft, and Mark did a typical Mark thing, and he just got the guys he needed and got out, and no one was the wiser. No one was even paying attention to his picks. These guys were on anyone's draft board. They didn't care about these guys. But Mark did and made his team better. So it's enraging. I hate that I had to say that, but I I will because I don't think I, I don't think people recognize that enough. I thought you were about to say something that I had was about to say, and he is truly the only team in this draft that did not draft 
a minor leaguer. All all of his picks, all five picks, are in the show already. No one else can say they did that. See, I wanted to say that, but I wasn't sure if someone had like one pick and then just got it. You know, I didn't know if there's like a, t- a no. technicality. Yeah. Dang, nope. I should have uh, said that. <laughs> truly, the, even the ones that had onesies or twosies, because mm-hmm. um, um, Phenom's only had one pick. It was a kid. Um, um, what was the other one? The Dalmers. Schuster Borderline. Is he actually in Atlanta or? Yeah, I mean, Fangraphs has him slotted as number three starter out of four. Um, so because right, I, I, I he was he was listed as a minor leaguer when I did the research. He was so. a non-roster invitee as well. So I mean, he was Too definitely bad. a prospect the whole time. So he's close. I mean, the Domers would be the close second, but only with two picks. Whereas Hardcore used five picks in all major leaguers. That was pretty impressive. That's kind of hard to do. Yeah, I think I think I think Domers count as getting a prospect because he doesn't have eligibility. You know, it's not like he has the he broke the innings mark, even though he's an opening day guy. I don't think you can knock Domers for that. So I'd say Mark is the only only one without a prospect. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Yeah. All right, enough enough praise. I know, I know. I didn't want to go down that road, but I also feel like I know I would be annoyed if people didn't recognize my efforts. So I figured I would take the time out and I would give someone their flowers, even though they freaking don't need any more flowers. Yeah, I'm just gonna put this on the on the air. We're gonna be just totally freestyle right now. Ready? Oh, there we go. I know that's not beer. I know for sure it's not beer. I was gonna say name that beverage. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a a Dr Pepper Zero. Am I right? It's actually seven up zero. Oh, okay. That's not keeping bad. it clear. There you go. There you go. Okay, so next up we got we're on the position players of the third round. We gotta get back on the rails here. I kinda derailed us Sorry. and I apologize. No, it's my fault. So um the first th- this is a historic this is a historic one here. Um, I don't know where we're at, but go ahead. Yeah, so the next prospect on the list here, and I will say it's very historic because we have now gotten to the first guy that I actually don't know anything about there are guys that i've heard there's names that i've seen there's you know people that are in the back of my head that i don't really research that that much but this dude i saw this name and i said what is going on because i don't know who this is um i did a little bit more digging he's a top 75 prospect so you know i mean he's, he i still should have known him and i feel very sad that i did not i don't know how that got by me um but just pulling up his prospect live kind of little profile here. Um, Buddy, you keep saying this guy and he, and I don't even know who you're talking about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit this, and I'm going to put this at the front. Um, Edward Julian. I'm going to put that okay. at the front now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure that out later. But for right now, this, this is what we're talking about. So he's a second baseman. Again, the the very uh, the unicorn of a second baseman prospect. Um in the Twins system, it shows here that he he has a 55-grade power, which they don't really just dole those out as much. I, I feel like that means at second base, that's a very rare thing. You don't normally see a 55-power uh, grade at, at that position. He also has a 50-hit tool. So very, very interesting. But if they, they show him as a 40-grade fielding and a 40-grade running, so I don't know if that's amazing for an everyday second baseman, because it's like if you are a below average fielder at second base, where where do you go? I mean, they say he doesn't. Yeah, they say he doesn't have great range at second base, and his arm is fringe average at best, is what it's listed as. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like that's not to me. That just means we're gonna throw him in right or left field. Or which, bullpen catcher. Yeah, bullpen catcher. It's like it's not an endorsement. Um, but if he's gonna get there, it's gonna be because he hits the ball and he hits the ball hard. So we'll we'll keep an eye out on him. I I don't know what I don't know enough about him, but it looks like his his main claim to fame, Mister Julian here, uh, will be his bat. So hopefully. Ken gets a value here in third round, and Julian launches up prospect boards end of the year. Because um, right now I'm just not too thrilled with what I was reading up on. And then that sounds like a Cal sneaky pick right there. Yeah, I mean sneaky as in I had no idea who this guy was. You snuck up by me. That's what that means. Then um, <laughs> the next pick is as you said your. Um, was this your best value of the, of the round? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep, yep. So I probably would have agreed with that selection if he actually made the opening day roster, which he was oh so close to doing. I really thought he was going to do it, and I'm pretty sure Dathan probably thought it was too um, because he had a, a really solid spring. And I think with that Brewers team, probably should have made the roster, but they had like 20 middle infielders to pick from. So they just said, Sal, go get regular at-bats in AAA and screw off, uh, which is kind of a bummer, but understandable. So we he will live to see another day in the minor leagues. Uh, I don't think he'll be down that long. We'll, we'll see him up this year almost assuredly. If the Brewers really need to make a push and Sal's hitting well come the middle months, he's going to be called up. They, they, cannot, they cannot deny him for much longer so we'll see how that goes um and then of course the next pick here is is waldo cabrera who he went on a tear for the yankees when he first got called up um i don't think he has a very strong sample size but if he uh if he keeps up what he was putting down last year uh, lance is gonna have another freaking gem on his hands which i i hate the thought of that i don't want to entertain the thought um but yeah, that's that is one where the Yankees always seem to have these sneaky prospects that come up and make big impacts and end up getting traded. But <laughs> um, Cabrera could be the next in a long line of just gems that the Yankees seem to pull out of the couch and just present it to the world. I, I like because I liked Cabrera this, last year. This is what I see, and I could be so off, but. Mm-hmm. I feel like Lance got a nugget from somebody um, that's a Yankee fan, and he didn't remember whether you said Oswald or Oswaldo, so he went with both of them <laughs> at the end of each round. <laughs> you know, that might not be that far off, you know. And listen, when, had, when you... Had a few Coors Lights, and I, like, that, Yeah, I will say, it's probably enough Coors Deep. He's just like, didn't I already take this guy? How is he still available? And just cue him up and pick the outfield. I can't remember. <laughs> He's like, oh man, I can't believe I missed on this guy. So <laughs> he got them both. He hedged his bets. So we'll see how it goes. I think going to per- be right in one of them. I least. think uh, Cabrera has a much better outlook than Peraza does, especially since Peraza's kind of getting the getting the short end of the stick. Um, also, Peraza got sent down. Uh, that happened today. Oh goodness, I did not realize that he was. I knew he'd be a victim of of Volpe. I didn't think he would be that bad. It would be that bad where he does not even on a roster. But in fairness, I mean, Ouch. is that a, is is that a knock on Peraza? I mean, well, like I said, a, a billion trillion percent 
of okay, the time. So yeah. it, I, I, and we may have to edit this too because I'm about to defend a Yankee here. But oh gosh, this <laughs> is no fault to Peraza that he just happened to be behind. You know, per you know, perhaps the new face of the Yankees. I yeah, I totally agree. Like I mean, that's he did. He definitely got the luck of the draw. But I'm saying outlook for right now is not in Peraza's favor at all. Especially with the end, of, the way he ended his spring, when you when you have your manager calling you out, that that kind of feels ugh, gross. If they move Peraza, you know, maybe they go and, and like package Peraza with I don't know, I don't know who else. I'm not John Heyman and just make the worst trade ideas ever. Um, but maybe they package Peraza and they go get a, a starting pitcher, maybe mm-hmm. a, a crappy starter that just gets that. them by. That that would that could change Peraza's outlook entirely. So you kind of crossing your fingers on that, especially because he wouldn't be a Yankee anymore. Maybe he's even in play for you. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think a move would be very beneficial for him, and I think it could also help the Yankees out too. But anyways, we'll see how it goes. Because I, I don't I don't want to speculate too much on when it's like, well, you could just trade him because. Most of the time, they don't get traded. They just end up burning out, which you hate to see, but it happens. Okay. Um, and by the way, we, we knocked out the third round. We did it. We did. We're right on pace of 30 minutes per round. So Not horrible. This game, we will have a two-hour show. Uh, maybe not all the time, but this one will be a two-hour special. Um, we might not have one for a hot minute, so maybe we'll just time over. At least moving, a show. I mean, on what do you mean? I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out when the next show will be. But I'm just saying, I don't. Oh, know right, what, right. Like, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, I'm just saying we don't have like a yeah. set thing where it's like this is it. That's when we're gonna have a show. So yeah, two hours is fine. All right. So the final round, the fourth round, um, little hodgepodge of everything in this round. Yeah, totally. Looks like um, you and I went. You and I went back to back here. Well, we did actually. You got another cardinal. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I listen. This is another one that's just like I gotta do it. I gotta do it, and I'm happy I did. I feel good about it. But we'll start with you first. Um, you you went out and got Diamondbacks Sparp. We'll say Sparp, even though he's a starter. He does have reliever eligibility, which is kind of why I think you got him in the first place. Uh, Brandon, oh, okay. yeah, Brandon Fat. Uh, Fat probably is a top five pitching prospect. Try to think what my rankings would be off the top of my head because probably go Painter, Perez, Tiedemann, and Harrison. Fat, and I don't. I mean that that's doesn't sound that bad in my head. It's actually fought, not fat. Nope, nope. But it's fat. Not because not because it actually is fat, but because it's way better to call him fat because it's funny. So we're gonna call him fat. Um. At least I will for the rest of this pod. But uh, Mr. Fat Bottom Girl ended up as <laughs> <laughs> as a fourth round steal, in my opinion. Um, he he could have gone earlier. It all depends on on what your needs were. As far I mean, your needs was pitching. Obviously, you needed pitching for years. Um, but if you were if you were looking at pitching, you were probably looking at, at Brandon Fat. So. I I think uh, it sounds weird saying fat so many times. I might say fat. <laughs> so uh, starting off the fourth round, I think it's a it's a great value down here. Um, it kind of annoys me that you got him. I did not think he was on your radar at all. It kind of surprised me that you went out after him. 
Um, but knowing your reasoning makes total sense because you basically did what I did with Tink Hens, except he might, your guy might actually be up this year. So um, I, I still think that the, Fott was the best pitcher in camp for the Diamondbacks and still did not make it, which is enraging. I don't know what their justification was. If, if they were like, well, you know what? We're already getting the first round pick for Corbin Carroll, so we're not worried about it. Um, yeah, it's enraging that they just left him down. So it shouldn't be too long till he's up. We'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I, I do like that pick where he's at. Next pick is, to me, the 50th pick of the draft. I got Mason Wynn, who absolutely should have been on the opening day roster. It is a crime. It is a travesty. It is incompetence okay. that he is not on the opening day roster. You, you got to understand there is a limit on how many you can have on the open day roster. So yes. And the fact that Paul DeYoung was one of the 26 wow. is disgusting. It, sh- it should be a federal crime to have done what they did to Mason Wynn. Um, we interrupt this program to talk about the Cardinals now. Okay. I'm just going to do a quick <laughs> run. Mason Wynn's got a heck of an arm. Dude's got a heck of a bat. He's going to embarrass Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung's going to be running and crying to his wife saying, like, honey, I think i got to just retire because I can't take it anymore. These young guns are embarrassing me, and I'm out here hitting 210 and striking out twice a game. Um, so hopefully Mason, hopefully Mason Wynn makes Paul DeYoung retire. That would be cool. So next up would you, on the no, no. <laughs> okay. would you rather? Would, would you rather? rather? Mm-hmm. There's a spontaneous game here. Mm-hmm. Would you rather um, a win? That sounds kind of weird. Um, a win replacing Paul DeJong or a Tink replacing Gallegos? Uh, definitely win because I I feel like Tink will just get lit up and then I'll look like a, like a dummy. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna go with. Well, they're Wynn. both on your team, though. So I mean. yeah, but I'm, Tink is not ready right now, and I'm totally aware of that. You can't just call Tink up and say, "Go get him." Win has Win was the most electric player in camp. The dude was just making plays left and right. He's incredible. His defensive prowess is unbelievable. I think he'll win three Gold Gloves by the time he retires. So, and I mean that's just me being facetious, but um, I think his his glove is genuinely like top tier for prospects. So uh, cannot wait for him to get called up. I think with his defense being as good as it is, if, you know, if Tommy Edmond maybe, you know, takes a step back and DeYoung is just being himself, then Mason Wynn is up in a couple months because you can't, you cannot leave him down. So anyways, I talked enough about that. We're going to go on to Lance's three in a row. Yeah. Oh, you caught that. Yeah, yep, okay. yep. Lance's three in a row here. 51, 52, 53 overall picks. Um, let's see here. He went and got Mike Taglia. Am I saying that right? Taglia? Taglia? I can't, there's only a couple Probably. ways. Yeah, there's only a couple Probably. ways you can say that, and I still got it wrong. Um, where, where did he put him at? Okay, so he, I'm seeing that he has multiple eligibility. That's why I was verifying. Because I thought, I didn't think it was just an outfielder. He was he was already called up last year. He played 31 games. He hit 216. In those 31 games, he struck out 44 times. So it's definitely not somebody I would be touching with 10-foot pole. But um, he does have loads of pop, always has. And when you have that type of pop get just injected in the course field, some fun things can happen. So 
I think this is a total wild card pick. I'm sure Lance does too. Um, I, but it will be. I don't think he'll have the impact this year. I think maybe this is a two years down the road when maybe he he it all clicks for him. You know what? He might even be the Colorado version of Joey Gallo or, or good Joey Gallo, where he just like strikes out a lot and actually hits. You know, not like the the joking meme Joey Gallo that he is now, like the actual one that I remember in, in Texas. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, we could see how that plays out, but I I think it's a fine it's fine as a flyer. I don't know if he'll even be on the roster when when Lance gets in a bind and he needs somebody. I think that might, might be his first cut. Uh, actually, Peraz well, is probably his first cut. We are in the fourth round, so yeah, there's not a lot riding on these guys. I get it. And then let's see here. It looks like Lance was able to go and get a everyday outfielder that he can slot into his utility right away in Jake Fraley. Um, Jake Fraley is a bit inconsistent at times. He'll go on stretches where it's like, okay, this guy could not only – he could be a solid, you know, number three outfielder and a really good utility piece, but then he'll just he'll just forget how to hit for two weeks in a row. And he's basically unrosterable. So, and I say this because I've had Jake Fraley. So it's it's a yeah. tough road to walk at times. Um, I understand. I understand the pick. I think it makes sense for what Lance needed. He just needed a guy that plays every day, and he can put utility, and he got it. I think it's great in the fourth round. There's not a lot of guys out there at this point. So he he shored that up, took care of that, no problem. And then he went and got a prospect in Gavin Stone. Who's the Dodgers pitcher? I, I'll be honest, I don't know a, a ton about Stone. Um, I know he is one of the the more touted in the Dodgers organization, which is already loaded. It's usually loaded as is. Um, I don't think he like he won't be better than Bobby Miller, at least this year. Um, but currently he's 24 and in Triple A, um, so him and Bobby will be in the same rotation. So. Be interesting to see that competition kind of play out. Um, I don't know with the Dodgers pitching as shaky as it is, because that Dodgers rotation does not look as dominant as it has in the past years. Um, when they make the move and say, "Okay, we need to, to take one of these guys," so basically monitor Stone and Miller because whoever whoever is doing better than the other is going to get the call. They're in similar similar spots. They're similar ages, similar paths. Um, I think Lance will have him up this year. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a good pick, especially when you're a when you're a Dodger pitcher. Your life's pretty easy, so <clears throat> we'll we'll uh, we'll monitor that. I, I, if I was Lance, I'd be definitely watching Miller and Stone a lot just to see where where he's at. Uh, and then let's see here. That is done with Lance's run and his draft. draft. Yep, yeah. he's done with his draft. He taps out. And next pick is a catcher, an everyday catcher, an old everyday catcher. Yasmani Grandal goes at pick 54 to the Fanatics. He this is was the, my hmm, pick yeah. of the round. I, um, I, there's, listen, you are getting what you're getting with Yasmani Grandal. You knew, you knew what you signed up for. The problem is with Grandal is that I feel like he can only get worse. And by worse, I mean that his slash line was 202, 301, 269. So we're talking 202 average, a 300 on base percentage, and a 269 slugging. 
that is that's tough to stomach. But you know what? It's fourth round. We really can't be dissing on dudes too much. But this does feel like a bit of a waste because he's 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 like he's three he's thirty four year old catcher. I mean, there's only so much you can do at that age. So yeah, we will. I don't have any hope for Yasmani Grandal. I'm pretty much cashed out on him. Uh, we'll go on to the next pick. And the... Oh, Drew! Drew has made his in his first ever draft pick. Yep. He is... Yep, he is now delved into the... He's dipped his toe in the draft pool. Um, let's take a look at Mr. Edward here. This is, again, this is somebody I knew... All I knew about him is that he was on the fringe... Or, or I should say about Edward... Um, Olivares is that he was on the fringe to make the Royals roster. So I was very surprised when Drew went out and got somebody who was this, his future was this unsure. Um, now, last year, from what I'm seeing, he, in 161 at bats, he uh, still hit 286, got, had a 333 on base percentage, OPS of 743. I, these are like, I'd say the OPS is around league average. So, um, to get that in the fourth round, and when you're an ex- uh, not really, you're not an expansion team, but you're in a total rebuild. You're a rebuilding team. Um, you take what you can get. I would have. I, I shouldn't say I would have because I did when I first when I first entered the league. I had nine draft picks, um, so I definitely went a certain route. Drew had three draft picks. He traded all of his picks. He had three draft picks, and they were all in the fourth round. So a very different way of doing things. Um, I don't know if Olivares has a route to being an everyday guy. He may, um, especially with that Royals team. It's just not very. It's just not a very good team. He, maybe he could play his way into a, a job, but I I don't see much of a future to be honest with him. Uh, we'll go on to the the next pick here. We have a run on relievers, and I'd say they're all they're all good relievers uh, except for this first one here is hurt. Rasiel Iglesias. And this is my pick. Yeah. <clears throat> at the... Uh, sorry, I don't have a cough button. Um, at the time of the draft, I don't think he was hurt, but he definitely was at the top of Fantrax's reliever reliever uh, projections. So probably just Aaron's like, okay, boop, taking that guy. Um, he's a he's a Braves closer. Like, it's hard to go wrong in there. Um, no, uh, this, he actually was flagged being injured at the draft. I oh, he was? That. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, see, I wasn't sure when that news when that news broke. So, even even if he is injured, he can probably still outdo any reliever here as far as save numbers. He'll probably Which have the... Why, why I gave him the sneaky pick. I'm like, hmm, yeah. that's a good pick. Yeah, because, I mean, Duran is, is, is a victim of his team. Um, and Holmes, who's the next pickup, <clears throat> is also part of a pretty solid uh bullpen so you know who knows who will be the closer it's kind of a, a weird committee i guess i don't i don't know how that will play out it's not really a committee but it feels like your your lease is very short when you're in new york um so iglesias is is the guy he, he i don't know when he's really due back but when he's back he will be the closer and he and he'll be hopefully last year's iglesias and notch like you know 20 plus saves and in the fourth round that's a great pickup. Um, next up is Clay Holmes to the to JJ's Desert Dukes. 
kind of a traitor, not going to lie. Kind of Red Sox fan, just going to get Yankees closer like that. Hate to see it. Um, yeah, when you see the team draft picks and you have a Red Sox pitcher and a Yankee pitcher in the same draft mm-hmm. uh, year, like, where are you going, dude? Yeah, <laughs> yeah not cool, man. Um, so, Holmes. Watch for me. Yeah. Uh, Holmes does not. Now that I look deeper at this at this bullpen, Holmes does seem to be a notch above everybody else. There are some hurt relievers though, but they're not going to be a threat to Holmes's job. Um, but the only thing is that he'll be a threat to himself if he doesn't perform. That's the problem. Is that when you're blowing games in New York, you? I mean, the New York Post will just freaking. Call, I don't know. They'll Sherlock Holmes. Duh, strikes again. And they'll just roast him in the paper. So Boone might have his hand forced if Holmes just sucks. He's out of a job. But that's a worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario, this dude gets 30 saves because he's, he's a Yankees closer. That's that's an amazing job. And it's, it's the best job on the list here for the fourth round. So um, I think if Iglesias was fully healthy, he'd have the most saves. But now looking at Holmes' situation where he's at in his in, with his team – uh, he might have a better shot at having the most saves of the class that we're looking at here. And then next up at pick 58, uh, Shavs goes out and he gets Pete Fairbanks. I love Pete Fairbanks. Just- yeah, I already discussed this. Um, but I'll just do a quick, like, I love Pete Fairbanks, and he's very good at throwing a baseball. So I'll just do a quick one on that one. Um, then uh, pick 59, the Gunners... Now snuck another one by me, because like I've I've seen this name like twice and I never followed up on it, um, so I don't I don't really know who I'm talking about here. But from what I have seen on Prospect Live, his his overall ranking is 222nd prospect, and also another tough a tough stat for you is that he is ninth in the Tiger system. And he's got hmm. yeah he's got guys ahead of him like Isaac Pacheco and um, Jackson Job Dylan Ding I mean we got tons of guys that I would way rather have than Malloy and it's he doesn't even have a bio that's that's kind of what I would say about Malloy is that Prospect Live does not even have a bio on him so that's a tough one um, maybe Aaron can give us. Um, some reasoning on that one in the Discord chat because well, I would love to. I, I would love to know what what the thought process is on these guys. I never know. I'm just guessing. So sometimes we're a sucker, and you know, a player might have given you a ball and are running into the dugout, but that didn't happen because he's not in the in the Cactus League. So I'm not sure why. I mean, I, I dude, there's a couple of guys that if they gave me a ball, I would just would never draft them. I would I would say thank you, <laughs> and I would just never draft them. Um, and he, Paul DeYoung is one of them. Paul DeYoung could cook dinner for me, and I would still hope he loses his job. Moving on, uh, we have at pick 60, Kyle Stowers. Uh, Kyle Stowers has earned the strong side platoon in Baltimore, and I know this because I have Ryan McKenna in another league, and I was banking on McKenna winning that role, and I got screwed out of it by this guy. Um, so uh, Stowers went to Drew's team. Uh I think Stowers will be okay. I don't think he'll be good. Um, and he might not even be okay. He might because he, he's strong side platoon for now. Um, but that Orioles team has plenty of guys that they can just 
do it what they will, what they want, whatever they want with them, because um, they they have an incredible farm system. So Stowers is getting his shot. We'll see what he makes of it. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a fine pick for where he's at right now. I think there's better options for Drew, but um, I I could see this being being fine. Uh, then next up, he goes with Cal Mitchell. Who the only is, thing I wish, yes. uh, and I'll throw it in there. Sure. This is easy to go on this pick with number 61, but I wish his 60th pick, and for that matter, even his first one at 55, that he actually did dive into the minor league pool because he's going to be short in the system throughout the entire season where he could have capitalized. Even if the great ones were already taken, he could have got ahead of the game with somebody granted i know his background mm-hmm. this is his first season in baseball so we will give him that learning curve he's uh, a master at football so he'll take his expertise and uh, merge it into uh, between the lines on the diamond but um that's the only thing i wish he did uh was capitalize and getting some of the kids but nonetheless he did pretty well and cal mitchell who you're about to talk about was my best value in the round? Oh actually. no! I'm gonna let you have another another pick because I'm about to destroy Cal Mitchell. Uh go for it then. Okay. Why do you say that? He doesn't have a job, and he's also he had a job last year and he lost it because he wasn't very good when he had the job. And I don't see a way, even on this Pirates roster, he keeps a job. Um, he. It was kind of exciting last year when he got caught up because we didn't. I mean, we didn't know what to expect. He was doing he was doing well in AAA, and Pirates were kind of experimenting with you know who's going to be our guy that we can trust. Um, so they called up Mitchell, and he had like a good first three games, and then just yeah, just pretty much forgot how to play baseball. Um, so they said they had sent him back. I don't know if they sent him back down because he only has two options left. So I believe that he probably got sent back down. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so with Mitchell, I there are so many other options of of guys who are still available that I would have rather had in my starting in my starting outfield or even just on my bench than Cal Mitchell. I I really don't like this pick. Um, hmm. it, you know what? He's 24, so you know what does it matter? Like, maybe he could be good someday. But for right now, if where my team's at, where I, I, by my team I mean if I was Drew, if I was Drew with me trying to build this team back up, I I, I would not feel good about Kyle Mitchell. Interesting. So, what what? Why would you say Kyle Mitchell is a is the best value? I'm curious. What you see? The, the simple fact that he is with the pirate system and that system is wide open for any position practically um there's opportunity for him it's not like he's going to be you know slammed in the new york system never being called up but basically the company he works for gives him a chance okay so yes but my thing with that is if there's only if there's one thing that the pirates have it's too many outfielders or too many guys that can play outfield um, they only have four bench hitters. Three of them play outfield. Um, and then, of course, they have the three main outfielders. And even, well, I mean, I guess you're not going to have Santana play outfield. Um, Choi has played left before, I believe. Um, so like, these guys have the ability to play in the outfield. They're probably seven guys in the Pirates that can, that can play 
in the outfield. And then on top of that, he's still competing with Swaggerty as being a fringe prospect that can get called up at a moment's notice. Um, yeah. So I'm losing my, I'm losing my uh, flavor with Swaggerty though. I, understandable. I mean, understandable. I got out of my other league and I'm losing. I'm losing. Sure. Understandable. But he's only Swaggerty's only like a year older than Mitchell. So I mean, it, they're they're somewhat on the same path as far as career wise. Um, Mitchell was actually drafted a year sooner than Swaggerty. He was drafted in 17, and Swaggerty was drafted in 18, and they're both finally getting their shot potentially this year. So, um, I guess that's another position battle you you can watch in AAA. You know, which one of them is gonna gonna actually earn their spot but i i just don't have tons of faith these poor guys it's not easy being a pirates outfielder right now so your feel your feelings of toward mitchell is the same way i am toward swaggerty so we'll see who's right and true wrong. that's very true i mean we get honestly we both be right about it they both suck it's the pirates <laughs> we'll go we'll go with that yeah <laughs> then we'll go on to the black Sox. And Dodge, here's my, he seems my to have husband. a man crush. He has a man crush on this guy. I don't. I don't know what I don't know about about Sable here, other than oh, I know he job. Yeah, here's what I know. Joey Bart freaking sucks. That's what I know. Um, there you go. So it's wide open. There. However, what's weird about the Giants is that they're they're carrying three catchers, and they threw. A Sable must be a solid hitter because again, I don't know much about him. Um, but I believe Dodge had said he's a rule five. I don't know if he's rule five this year because he doesn't have that designation. Um, but he is slotted right now, batting ninth and at DH. So they must be really des- they must be really trying to get him at bats because they believe in his bat. So. Um, yeah, I trust Dodge. I think he maybe sees something here that I'm not seeing, um, <clears throat> that or that I, that I wasn't aware of. So I might have to actually hit him up after this and see what. And this was done honestly. I mean, I don't want to edit anything, but um, knowing what we know now, because this was just done today, mm-hmm. earlier today, Sable should be the best value because the dude got himself a job. You know, he's 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 staying up in San Francisco. So yeah, because um, I think Dodge made this pick. When he wasn't sure if he even had a job, like it was, Correct. he was still a fringe guy. So Dodge took a gamble and he won. So that's pretty. And, this is, and I don't know if you heard me. But this was definitely a uh, an UG at a boy pick. So yeah, um, I can see Greg being all, "Oh yeah, Dodge, you got that one." So sure, sure, totally. It, but to me, I think the UG pick is the next pick. It's Zach Neto. Um, Moonlight Grams went and got him. I I think it's. I don't want to say it's a reach. Um, because I, in the fourth round. yeah, as a read. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, like as far as how young he is, and like, will he be able to make it up oh. to the bigs in that three year window? Probably year. a better okay. way to say that is, yeah, because he is, I th- he is quite young. I think he's nine. He's like right. 19 or 18. So, um, and I don't know if, I mean, he is an angel. It's not like he has a ton of dudes in front of him, but the angels are very bad at developing any sort of talent whatsoever. So, um, I mean, they, they'll, they get guys to the bigs, you know, there's been a lot of angels prospects to get excited about. They get there and then it's like, what happened to this guy? I just feel like there's so many angels prospects. Like what happened to him? Um, so 
I don't want that to happen to Neto. Um, he came from Campbell College with him and Harrington, so I I would like to see them. No, I got the wrong. No, I got the right guy. Um, so we will see how how that unfolds going forward. Where is he starting? Totally off the not off topic, but is he going to be here to see the Rapids? I think I that is not how they're structured anymore. I don't think at all because we we'll, we will look at um, the Colonels. I think are no longer the Angels. Let me look at oh. Cedar Rapids. Sure? Uh no, I'm never sure anymore with minor leagues because everything changed. That's true. That's just true. I found Durham was not the uh, the race. Oh, so I need to update myself then. Yeah, can you believe that? I mean, I I, I was stunned when I saw that. Yeah, they said like, can we send out a Durham? I'm like, he's not Ray. What is this? Um, let's see here. Twins. Colonels are the twins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. I don't even. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And I don't even know if how long it'll take for him to be in single A. Um, Angels. Because now I'm curious. You got me curious over here. Single A Angels affiliate. I'm getting off track. Um, yeah, we'll just, that's fine. Yeah, because all we have is one more pick. So who who cares? Who gives a rip? Single Gunners do. Here, here it is. Okay, the Lynchburg Hillcats. Interesting. I would not have guessed that with a million guesses. I would have lost that bet. Yep, definitely. So, interesting. Okay. And with the final pick, this actually might be the best value. This is underrated, I believe. Um, Tony Gonzalez, who last year went to – I should say he went to the Gunners, by the way. Aaron got his his own hometown boy there and the Dodgers. Um, Gonzalez was was insane. I think it was last year. I want to say it was last year. Either that or it was two years ago. But there was a stretch, a good long stretch, where Gonzalez was like in the tier of like like elite pitchers, and I was like, "Where, where did this guy come from?" Like I, I had drafted him two years ago or three years ago, and uh, he sucked. I'll be honest with you. He was supposed to be a spark, and he ended up just being cut because he just was not good at doing either. Uh, and he just emerged onto the scene and just became dominant for a, a good stretch of time um, is now recovering from an injury. So I think he's still missing some time right now. I think he'll be back later in the year. So Gunner's doing the ultimate flyer move here and might end up getting a seriously good value. And I think it's a good way to close the book on the 2023 Sandlot draft. Very nicely done. Very nicely done. Um, there were a plethora of players that were selected in the um, supplemental uh, picks, but we'll leave that to be. They weren't officially draft picks, but um, about a dozen were selected. Um, yeah, overall, I think it was really good draft by all. I mean, everyone was on on time, or you know, it was just it was a good, fluent draft. No glitches, no nothing. Picks were made. Um, we all had fun. Ate a little, drank a little more. Uh, yeah. It was 28th a, annual draft was in the books. Yes, it is. It was a very clean weekend. I don't think out of all three drafts that we had, we didn't have a single hiccup, which incredible. Never had that happen. So it was. And it, and it seemed like, and we're talking, some some of these guys probably don't know what we're talking about, but the three drafts, Sandlot is number one uh, in our in our calendars mm-hmm. on Friday. 
the Field of Dreams, I think, what, six, eight of you? Like, pretty much. I think there's only two or three that are not lock guys. So, yeah. Field of Dreams, so. And And then then, uh, Bootleg Auction last night, which was insane. It was the fastest. It was so fast. It was crazy. It's like an F1 race on steroids. It was just crazy. It felt like that. It felt like we were in an F1 car. <laughs> yeah. and we never yeah, just go down the main straight and just... Box, box, box. Let's put this thing in the pit. <laughs> yeah, please. Just get me out of here. But anyways, it was a it was an amazing weekend. And it was everything that I dream about when I was leading up to this. When that the new year hits and football's over. And it's all I think about. So, paid off. Very excited for, for the upcoming season. Everybody calls it March Madness, but for other reasons, this is what March Madness really was about. The madness of the last weekend before opening day has been completed in the books. We are only two days away from opening day. You catching any games? You're working, aren't you? Uh, yeah, but I'll be honest with you, I I can kind of I can kind of swing it. So not too worried. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, we all know you can multitask while on the clock. Yeah, so. well, it happens sometimes. But yeah, I, I won't have any problems catching some games. And I also have National a radio, holiday. so hopefully I can throw on maybe the Cubs or the yeah. Cardinals if they have a maybe an afternoon game. Yeah, I can't remember which what time slot everybody is. I haven't even looked. Yeah, I don't know. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's a holiday here. I will be available by text or Discord or whatever. I'll have two TVs going. Watching what I can, and uh, yeah, y'all have you probably you'll probably be hearing this beforehand. I'll probably put this up before opening day, and uh, if you do, then enjoy the show two hours, and then uh, we'll we'll talk another time for another show. So, Cal, appreciate everything you've done with this. Good job. Thank you, and guys, remember, just keep swinging. That's what the that's what the hammer and Hank would say. 